Hello again and welcome to the Gospel to Boldly podcast, where we proclaim with St. John saying, These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. We're your hosts, I'm Thomas Limke. And I am still Pastor Eric Brown. Even still. Even still. Does that mean... uh, didn't quite take 40 days off, but, but <laughs> it, it, it's been wild and woolly for the both of us, and just stuff has gotten out of hand. But now we're back, back in the Gospel of John, right? I think right. We're still doing John. We, yeah, we are, okay. as a matter of fact. <sighs> Good night. <laughs> let, let, let me explain something that happens when you move, especially when you move with young children who are starting school, and your wife is not from the area. See, there are different little bugs and illnesses that tend to live in different areas and parts of the country. True statement. And and, and when your wife and your, your, your sons have no immunity to this, and, and you had like some from like 30 years ago, but it's been kind of gone. <laughs> and, and then suddenly your son is at the preschool, which is just a festering brood of illness. Yep. Man, we've been getting kicked in the teeth illness-wise up here. Oh, oh. So, is the season hasn't mi- haven't missed anything and plus too it's been unseasonably warm here we haven't had good freezes and everything's been used to having really good freezes to knock them out mm-hmm. oh it's ugh. well there's the health update from from illinois how's <laughs> everyone doing there you go yeah i i can't claim much better it's been bronchitis left and right in oklahoma so the, the oh. wife and kid and myself have all suffered so, that so no, we were not actually giving up the podcast for Lent. That that wasn't the plan. <laughs> so, but uh, but we're we're happy to be back on track and getting things in order, and and we're we're moving through the Gospel of John, and, and we're about ready to finish John chapter eleven. And any other random stuff before we we dive in? Well, considering how long the the account of the Passion is in John, I have no illusions of getting through this in in a timely manner in in the sense of the season that we're in. But we're kind of approaching a, a pretty good area to be in for Lent, considering we're coming up on the Passover season in, the, in the, the text. Everything is coming up with the Passover is approaching. That's one of the major themes that you get in, in uh, John's Gospel, and it, it, it's really coming to a point. Now, if you will recall from last time, uh, Jesus has just healed Lazarus, and this should be everyone is happy, and yet what happens? Uh, people freak out. Mm-hmm. And they go to the to the 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 Pharisees and say, "Dude, he's just raised a guy from the dead." And the high priests are freaking out, thinking, "Oh, good night. We're gonna lose all our position and land and wealth." And Caiaphas says, "Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. It's better that one man die, because he's the high Caiaphas is the high priest and he's gonna speak something truthful, even though it's not quite what he's thinking." <laughs> and then we dive on it. Does that work to get us primed and pumped? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so. So, then picking up at 54 in chapter 11, Jesus therefore no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness, to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and many went up from the country to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. They were looking for Jesus and saying to one another as they stood in the temple, What do you think? Uh, That he will not come to the feast at all? Now, uh, now the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that if anyone knew where he was, he should let them know so that they might arrest him. So think about how this is describing really the, the, the tension building. 
Passover is going to come. And Jesus goes to the temple. That's what he does. That's his custom. Uh, in the other Gospels, you see that Jesus routinely makes it back to Jerusalem for the, for the Passover feast. And what's he going to do? I mean, it, it's it's boiling to a head. And really, people are going to expect the proof is going to be in the pudding. We will find out who this Jesus actually is when he comes into when Passover comes, because either he's going to come and he's going to defeat his political foes and show that he's awesome, or he's going to go run away and be proved to be a flaw, a fraud, a mm -hmm. flaw, <laughs> a frog. Uh, Anyone does. Ribbit. Um, <laughs> he's French. Um, <laughs> Those are the two options people are expecting. I, he's got his foes. The foes are the Pharisees and the established. So either he's going to come on in and plow through them and then plow through the Romans, or he's going to have to run away. That's the expectations of the world. Now, what is Jesus actually going to come to do? Well, would that be giving away the farm? I, 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 okay, I think, <laughs> I, I think people know what's going to happen. Okay, probably so. Yeah, he will die. This is why John over and over will use this phrase, the Passover was at hand. The Passover was at hand. Uh, this week uh, coming up is uh, the fourth week in Lent. And on mm -hmm. the one-year series, we're, we're doing John 6, the feeding of the 5,000. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. Because the emphasis is, look, this is Christ Jesus who is the true Passover. The, the, the real Passover wasn't the lamb back in Egypt. It, it's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John the Baptist from the beginning of the book. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm -hmm. So what you have here is all the while Jesus is preparing for redemption, people don't get what's going on. No, no one's got a clue of what's really going on, or very few people do. Sounds, yeah, exactly. It's a mm, big mystery. Mm -hmm. I, that, that was me quoting Ray from The Force Awakens. <laughs> I've only seen it nine times now, but it comes out in Blu-ray soon, and I'll, I'll get to catch up. Nice. All right. Nice. All right. So then uh, chapter 12? Yeah, let's d dive into 12. Okay. So six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. All right, so basically, this is Jesus' last normal Sabbath day hanging on out. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the next day will end up being Palm Sunday. And so what do you do? You, you go to a friend's house, and that's where you, you celebrate the Sabbath with them. So this is in the course of the whole Sabbath day. And what happens during that Sabbath day? Oh, yeah, you've got stuff going on. Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And then what does Mar uh, Mary start doing? She grabs the, the uh, perfume, the ointment. And, and I, I like how it points out it was a pound of pure nard and expensive. Mm. So... What do you make of this, Thomas? Just just your initial reaction when you hear of of the woman, in this case Mary, anointing Jesus' head. What what anything strike you about it? Well, was it head or feet? Well, oh wait, feet. Sorry, feet. Okay, yeah, and wiped his feet with her hair. That that I I was getting her head. Well, the hair. Art. I mean, the first thing that stands out is number one, where'd she get the money for that? I don't necessarily know 
if she was involved in commerce herself, if it was something Lazarus had given her uh, to use or what? Well, this is one thing to note. Everyone knew who Mary and Martha and Lazarus was. Right. Why did they know that? They had bank. They were well off. Got it. I mean, th- th- this is part of the, the thing. Uh, I, I had a prof who made a big point of this, especially with Luke's gospel, because Luke will list off a lot of the women who were Salome and other, other various folks. Well, they were, they were the gals who bankrolled the disciples. I mean, ah. when, when Jesus is wandering around, he's not really, he, he's not making a lot of money doing stuff. And, right. and the disciples aren't bringing in money. They've left the boats behind. So who pays for them? Who bankrolls this whole project? A lot of the faithful women. So, so basically, Mary and Martha and Lazarus were, were part of the guys who were bankrolling all of Jesus' operation. Church always lives by donation. Right. I mean, that, that's the reality. So. Okay. All right. We'll so carry on. Further, I would, I would guess, I mean, or I would think, I, I don't know if there are any traditions behind anointing the feet with oil. I know we see it, uh, another woman in the other Gospels, the Synoptics, um, a woman of ill repute, let's say, who did it, um, mixed the the perfume with her tears, as I recall. Mm-hmm. But so so I it's it's happening twice. I don't know if there's any other traditions about it. If that's something that you know has has been a Jewish custom for anything. Do you know of anything along those lines? Well, let, let let me test your 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 memory here. All right. uh, are we going to get another foot washing coming up here in in John's Gospel? Yep. Yeah, we do. Yeah, that that Passover. <laughs> There is a matter of of humility and luxury, both with this. You gotta be humble to go wash someone else's feet. I mean, it's not something that you want to do. This will be something that we'll we'll get really in the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But also, it's something that is really kind of a nice thing to do. I mean, because if well, think about what what's happening if you're having your if you took if you gave your wife a nice afternoon at the spa where she'd get a nice pedicure and they'd do good stuff to her feet, would that be a good thing? Sure. I, this is really, this is, this is lavishing care upon your feet and your feet got abused in the ancient world. If you're, you're a sandal culture, right? What happens? I, 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 I shudder to think what happens to feet in the summer with sandals. <laughs> it, it's harder on the foot. And so basically, th- this is this is almost like taking Jesus to the day spa, as it were, or the 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 ancient equivalent thereof, and and it's a good luxurious thing. Okay, another thing that I notice, like with the the woman of ill repute, she does this with her hair. Is there a reason for that, as opposed to some rags or something along those lines? Extra humble. Got it. I, I, I mean, it, it's just it's. I, I would take it really to be mainly a uh, 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 an expression of, of humility of of thanksgiving because again remember this is Mary Martha and and who oh yeah the dude who was dead <laughs> so, I mean, it, it really is kind of the the okay you raised my brother from the dead I'm I'm gonna treat you well because yeah he, he hadn't been at their house for the Sabbath meal since then I mean he he was often doing other stuff and like oh well. Hey, he's back. Let, let let's give him a good, proper welcome and thank you. That's fair. So well, this this is this is the giant thank you for Jesus. Everyone should love Jesus being thanked, especially because he raised someone from the dead, right? 
Fair enough. I mean, until we read further, I guess. <laughs> yeah. How much time we got before the break? Only about a minute. Okay. Read and we'll let this simmer over the break. All right. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he, uh, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Just pause there for a moment and think, hmm. Now, you have the complaint, and John picks it apart. Now, don't even say you're wanting to help the poor. You were a greedy jerk, Judas. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this on the break, but, but it's an interesting thing that Judas tries to do. He hides under a pious veil. Mm. We'll talk more about that when we get back from the break. All right. And we're back to the, the Gospel Boldly podcast. And and we were talking over the break. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, even though it just kind of flows right in, we actually do take a break. And, and, and... Thomas brought up something that we didn't get before we got to the break. So, Thomas, bring this up again, and we'll, we'll bounce off of it and run through it. Okay. Well, I was just—it it amuses me that we've had two accounts of uh, Lazarus's family, Mary and Martha included, in the last about 200 words or so. There, there's, there's this one. It's got something in the middle, kind of an aside, and then we're back to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And in both places, we have the olfactory sense mentioned in the first— uh, instance, it's Lazarus is going to smell when he comes out of the tomb. In this instance, it's the perfume fills up the entire house. So I, I don't know if there's anything that we should make of that, but it's interesting. Before I comment, I'm going to mock you for saying the olfactory sense. Well, I'm and, a dietitian. I work hospitals yeah, yeah, or worked. We're not talking about smells. We're going to talk about the olfactory sense. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, there is a strong focus on smell here. And, right. and, it's one of the things that, that we're different with mm-hmm. today. We don't generally think of smell as a major factor in church. True. We can think about sights of church or sounds, or, but, but we don't think of smell. In the ancient world, you would have. Mm, okay. Because how did, ancient, how did worship work in the ancient world? You had sacrifices. Yep, incense. Does that, involve, is that a smelly thing? Yeah. You had burnt offerings. That's a smelly thing. You had incense. You had stuff burning all the time. So, True. so they were much more accustomed to thinking of, of worship and godly things being involved with smell. It was a pleasing aroma. And uh-huh. so, so you'd get that higher contrast. Yeah, you like that? That's you really like good. <laughs> well, because well, well, that that brings the point of home of why death is just so wrong. It's not. It, it stinks to high heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it literally, yeah. So you you have all that 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 life and death contrast that that combat between life and death comes out in the way things smell, the 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 stink of the sacrifices compared with the, the beauty of the incense. Nice. And what do you have here? Ooh, as Jesus is ooh, 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 as Jesus is prepared for his burial, for mm-hmm. his death, she's bringing the 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 positive beautiful smell of the resurrection. Oh, wow, so. nice. 
No, no, that that was a great observation. I now like let's talk about greed for a second. Of course, yes. We we had Judas. Couldn't this be given to the poor? Nah, he, he didn't really care about the poor. He was he was dipping his hand in the money jar. Mm-hmm. Thomas, I will ask you a question. Okay. How often, especially, and and I'm not making any political comments or, or stuff about the 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 politics of the day, but how often do we see it where? People will put forth something that sounds oh so nice and pious. We need to do this to help the poor when really it's more about their own power or consolidation of their own stuff or or patting their own back. I really can't think of an example to the contrary in the past really ever. But but what you have here is you have Judas being the the exemplar of corruption of mm. of and the thing is that that was sort of just really the way the world worked and really still the way the world works even today. True. Um, you have Matthew, the tax collector. Why do they hate the tax collectors? Because they padded the books and overcharged. And that was just, that. that's the way the world worked. That was the accepted practice. So what you have here is you have <clears throat> basically that, that background of corruption and even the corruption, even the, the folks giving in to corruption are upset because they're not getting their cut that they want. So, Yep. I, I appreciate that you avoided making a joke about my current career path in, in that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actual overcharging miles, thing. Actual miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's such a great deal. Right. <laughs> All right. So then moving on to, uh, to verse, what, six now? Yeah, ju- just uh, verse seven. Verse 7, Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. Now, oh, 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 go, oh, and eight, sorry, my bad, and no eight. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Now, that's interesting. Jesus says, leave her alone, leave off, quit your griping. She's prepping me for burial. Jesus knows precisely what is coming. Ooh, hey, hey, jumping ahead. How does John chapter 20 start? Um, gosh, it starts with, chapter? yeah, I, well, I don't the, know about how it starts. I know how it finishes with, with Thomas's declaration, but I'm fuzzy the, on the start. Going out to the, the tomb in the early part of the day, why? Because there wasn't time to anoint him for burial. Oh, mm. actually, no, I've already been anointed for burial, so it's okay that I get buried right away. Don't worry. Nice. You, you didn't need to come on out, ladies, actually, in reality, especially not just because I wasn't already there, but I've already been anointed for burial once. <laughs> it's all good. Every, everything's set up and ordered and prepared. Everything is now ready for the Pascha. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just really all the I's and T's are dotted and crossed before anyone's really aware that they're going to be dotted and crossed. Right. All right. Cool. All right. Now, meanwhile... <laughs> Back at the Hall of Justice. Back in Jerusalem, (laughs) the forces of evil are gathering. (laughs) All right. All right. Carry on. When the large crowd of Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now think about this. 
you you've got not only do we need to kill Jesus. Alright, Lazarus is dead, but he's causing his problems, so we better go kill him again. Quickly. Just how messed up is that? <laughs> I mean, you, you you hear about scandals and corruption and and just the way people do shady things to cover. Can't they, nothing we have today has a candle on this. For I mean, sure. they can't, can't hold a candle to it. But you also get a sense of what exactly is going on on Palm Sunday. And this is one point that becomes a, a giant thing of, of discussion. What are the crowds there for on Palm Sunday? Why are they there? I mean, do you want an answer? Because yeah, I have yeah. my, my idea. I mean, the crowds that we see there are the ones cheering Jesus on, thinking he's going to ride up to the temple. You've got the, was it the 10th Roman Legion or one of the ones that is there in town for the Passover to keep the peace? He's going to organize a mob and kick their butts. And uh, come the come the kingdom, we'll have, you know, swimming pools and movie stars. <laughs> and it'll it's be great. It's the spectacle of it. Oh, okay. That too. Is this a normal everyday occurrence? That the cool prophet comes up and that, dude, there's a guy that was raised from the dead. We should go check him out too. Yeah, it, it, for sure. It's not they're coming for for spiritual edification. They're coming for entertainment. Something interesting is going to happen. May, maybe he will. Give us all on the gravy train. Maybe he will. It's the same idea for why you go watch the gladiator sports. Yeah. The the old movie Gladiator. Oh, that is an old movie. Oh, I hate that. But but there's that point where where he's fighting and Russell Crowe throws him. Are you not entertained? And he's mocking the crowd. Yep. And and this is a crowd expecting entertainment. And because (laughs) wanting the entertainment. What happens? They get hyped up. Um, when I when I was younger, I got to go to a, a professional wrestling concert, okay. or concert or performance, and it was a massive one where they were recording tons. They were recording for for the normal midweek shows, but they were also doing a weekend special that was on NBC, and they'd have different banners that would roll down. and And I mean, nice. folks would wrestle two or three times that night. And uh, there was one of the tag team groups where they do like a flip off of the rope onto each other's shoulders, and they messed it up the one time. Okay. And so later in the night, they're coming out again, and the crowd's getting, we're yelling, and they do the flip, and, and then they go off the stage and leave because they just needed a one with the right banner where they're doing the flip right. Gotcha. And then it was like, uh, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not going to. This is the way that the whole of Holy Week works. Because you've got folks hyped. Yeah, Jesus the Awesome is coming. He's got his tag team partner, Lazarus. It's the dynamic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. He's not beating up the Romans. Okay, yeah, he's debating the, the, the Pharisees. And they just kind of getting them to shut up. But he's not really doing anything. To them. And what do you get by the end of the week? How quickly do we turn on a hero or an entertainer who fails us? No, instantly, like piranhas. Are you not entertained, Jerusalem? Well, no, we aren't. Crucify him. Yep. That's actually a a, uh, a comedy skit by by Rowan Atkinson. He does the retelling of uh, he, the gospel according to uh, he, he does a parody of the gospel. He starts reading with the wedding at Cana. And, okay. and they knew not whence it had come. 
but the servants in the back didn't know. And they applauded loudly and said, that was great. Go on, give us another one. <laughs> and so I mean, there's this whole thing with Jesus doing magic tricks and then teaching, treating him like he's an entertainer and, and making fun of old Jacobian language and stuff like that. And it, it ends up with him saying, oh, you're, you're too good for a one-horse town like Nazareth. You should be doing the shows in the big time. You, you should go to Jerusalem. And, and he went and he did a show in Jerusalem. And alas, it did not please them. In fact, they absolutely crucified him. <laughs> we, we still use that type of language for what you do for, for entertainers that fail. There is this aspect of their wanting entertainment. Yeah. And it doesn't work. And And on the other hand, you've got the folks in power willing to do whatever they can, whether it's it's Judas wanting to cover his power or the chief priests and the Pharisees want do whatever you can to make sure you've got your finger in the pie. And meanwhile, while all this is swirling around him, what's Jesus doing? I'm just going to go fulfill the word of God, folks. You want to read the next chunk very quickly? Yeah, perfect. The next day, a large crowd that had come to uh, come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, eh, just as it is written Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Even as everyone around is going, Woo, crazy and wild and stuff, what's Jesus doing? Oh, I'm just doing what is written. Even while everyone is distracted and has worldly ideas or, or misguided or doesn't quite get, even though they're just going through the motions and want to see the show, Jesus has his focus upon the fulfillment of Scripture. Why? Because he's the Messiah, and he's going to do what he came to do. And that's, they want to kill him earlier? Nope, they're not able to. We can escape because he's going to fulfill the Scriptures in the way that is right. You get a lot of this focus of, of Jesus' single-mindedness of doing what is good and right to win you your salvation, which is kind of awesome. For sure. All right. All right. Well, let's be let's away to the break then, and we'll come back for uh, the Inquisition on the other side. And I actually have two questions for you this week. So. Oh, man. I, I get put on double secret probation. I'm going to give you the left and the right. Probation. All right. <laughs> Here Do we go. Oh. begins the Inquisition! The Inquisition! What a show! The Inquisition! Here we go! We know you're wishing that we'd go away! But the Inquisition's here and it's here to stay! Oh boy! The Inquisition! And we are back to <laughs> the Inquisition, where apparently Thomas has been conspiring against me during the, our, our <laughs> hiatus, and he has gathered questions of doom and chaos for me. So, yeah, yeah, no rest for the wicked. Ooh, he, uh, and uh, 
uh, I am going to be put to the test. So, all right, Thomas, do do your worst. End of a long day. Ask me a bunch more questions and see what offhanded things I can say that can get myself fired. Do your worst. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So the first question, both of these are listener questions, incidentally, as you mentioned. First question is this. Where does the tradition come from uh, that says there are levels to heaven and levels to hell? And does it bear out or is it bunk? That is a deep, deep question. And, and it's one where a lot of this I'm not going to be able to say concretely. Why? Because unless we have it in Scripture, you, you can't do it. Right. Um, St. Paul does talk about being taken up into the, is it the third heaven or the seventh heaven? I can't remember which. Uh, the third is mentioned, uh, I the believe, third is what he's, what he's referring to, yeah. And, and some people ended up taking that to mean that there were different levels, like there was the first heaven and the second. That is, I take it to be a, a Hebraic way of of talking about the highest heaven the the mo the the heaveniest heaveniest place that you can get i would agree that's the way that that's the way hebrew works um you, you don't say if something's really good you don't say it's better you say it's good good right or if it's the the best that it could possibly be you don't say best you say good 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 or or if you get in isaiah holy 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 right so, so when when Paul says, oh, the third heaven, it's I'm at, I'm at the holy, holy, holy place. Right. Um, but what happens is that that idea wasn't always out. So, I mean, a lot of times you had that idea of, of tears. And what we do have is we do have in Revelation depiction of being seated around the throne. So you've got you've got the, the four living creatures and then you've got the, the 24 elders. And so you kind of almost like, how good are my seats? Okay, yeah. Um. <laughs> but really, a lot of the idea of, of levels, it gets cemented. And I'm not sure if there's history before it, but you do have Dante yep. doing its circles of hell. And some of this is just, we we like punishments to fit the crimes and rewards to fit the, the service. Mm -hmm. And so we like the idea that the really, really bad people get a really, really bad hell. And, and the really, really good people get a really, really good heaven or better seat in heaven of course the problem is when you have the workers in the vineyard the yep. kingdom of heaven's like ah oh, some work 12 hours some work six some work one and what do they all get <laughs> the denarius yep so I, i'm a lot of times people do want us to talk about distinction reward there may be and you know what frankly if we're sitting around in heaven chit-chatting and and I expect St. Peter to have a better seat in heaven than I will. That'd be fair. I, I expect him to be a little bit more lauded. But does that mean my heaven is going to be any less heavenly? Does that mean my my spot in the... You know, if only I had done more stuff in this life, that way my spot in the life everlasting would be better. That, that kind of takes the focus off of Christ. So For sure. I... I I tend not to like to talk that way, and I don't see a lot of basis in Scripture to talk that way. Well, but it talks about their their their, their works will be burned. Oh, that, that, that. Yeah, let's just focus on Christ, folks. All right, does that work? It does, and it reminds me of of the the interesting 
juxtaposition of John saying about himself, I must decrease that Christ must may increase. And then Jesus saying among women or among men born of women, John's the greatest. It's that same idea kind of in, in what you're saying in a, in a piece insofar as you don't want the focus to be on you. One of the things that you get is you get that, that divine reversal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that Mary brings up in the Magnificat, the 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 rich he has sent empty away, but the poor he's filled with good things. Mm-hmm. And so that idea is that it's not about my greatness, but rather what does God give to me? Uh, I I brought this up the the other day, and they got to talking about just like who doing discussions of who's the greatest. Discussions of who's the greatest never go over well in the scriptures, and that almost always kind of is the background of seating in heaven. Are you getting political? Are you saying Trump is not the good candidate? I, I'm not being political at the moment. <laughs> just... um, but, but rather, thinking about in terms of, I mean, if we want to get in bragging contests about who's the greatest Christian ever, or what you've done for Jesus, Mary wins, hands down. I mean, I, oh, yeah. I did this, I did this. Yeah, I went through labor for Jesus. Trump, you win. There, Done. There, that, that, she gets to play Trump there. That, 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 that boss card, that takes it. Yep. So yeah, it's like I don't know. So that that was just my random thought. Does that work for that one? Yes, it does. Have I survived the first test? Yes. The gauntlet though does continue, and we have a second question here. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Hang on. Wait. <sighs> okay. Now we're ready. Okay. I, I will read this one because this one was uh, sent to me. I will read it as written. It says, if I were against Christianity, I'd look at the passages that talk about inspiration and the Holy Spirit bringing what Jesus said to their mind with heavy incredulity. How should we as Christians properly use and understand inspiration in the apologetic conversation? So the conversation with the non-believer. Oh, that one sounds like it should have been to you. It was, it was more or less sure. addressed to you, although I was given the opt-in to uh, also address it. So I might voice my opinion as well. Here would be one of the things where I would say generally, if I'm talking to someone who's not a Christian... I don't know how much I'm really going to focus on inspiration in the sense that that really I'm declaring the reality of what Jesus Christ has done. I don't know how much I'm going to really want to end up talking about the inspiration of the Scripture simply because that's something that you see by faith. If the Holy Spirit has not enlivened you by the gospel— Okay, first of all, if you don't believe in Christ yet, the, the inspiration of Scripture is much more secondary. I mean, if you, oh yeah, the Scriptures are inspired, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, great, enjoy being crispy. <laughs> but, but, so I mean, it, it's sort of like, that, that ends up being secondary. So if, so if I had someone, if I had someone coming on to me and, and just railing against the idea of inspiration, I wouldn't end up talking about inspiration. If anything, I'd say, well, why are you making this the big point? Why, why is this sticking in your craw so much? And from there, you might find other things. That are, it might be because he's grousing about the fallibility of men. Men, are, men just make, well, actually, that's a major point of the scriptures, that men do make stuff up all the time. That, that, no, 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 you're, you're spot on there. I mean, when it talks about inspiration, it's saying this is an exception, folks. This is not a common thing. Or, or if it's just, oh, it's just I, I don't like what they imply about this. Oh, so really you're, you're fighting inspiration because you don't like this other idea and you want to 
you want to write it off. So I, I'd, I'd want to see what's going on behind that idea. Because mm-hmm. really, inspiration isn't the point. It, it's it's an aspect. It's it's true. It's a reality thing. But but it's not, hmm, who can I convince of the inspiration of Scripture today? <laughs> well, no, no. The, the, the point is, let, let's go look at Christ Jesus. And when you see Christ, you will understand, you will be inspired, because the Spirit does call, gather, enlighten the church on earth. And that becomes something that you understand and see. Does that track and follow? Yeah, I think so. And any, I would any thoughts, oh, 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 apologetics boy. Well, I would add on on this count. Certainly, it's not something where I'd put aside the inspiration and say, "Well, let's just go look at it as if it's not inspired," and thus assume the perspective of the unbeliever. Not that you're advocating that. So it's something that has to be constantly maintained. But as you said, if if they are becoming argumentative with that point, the question I would have is, like you, what's really behind that? Why is this the the issue. Uh, can we agree that, for a moment, speaking hypothetically, if there is an almighty, all-powerful, ever-knowing, ever or all-knowing, everlasting God, he has the capacity to inspire men to write his word? Okay, and if you can't agree with that point, it sounds like we have a more primary or prime, primal, if you will, uh, point of contention along those lines. I think your cough button is uh, is on. <laughs> I can't hear you. Okay, thank you. It would sort of be like uh, if someone was coming to you and, and wanting to talk about a good, healthy, nutritional lifestyle and then always kept insisting to say, I'm not eating carrots. <laughs> right. Okay, well, I mean, carrots can be a part. I mean, they've got good vitamins, but, but not everything in the conversation really revolves around carrots. There, there's, there's bigger th- – I mean, carrots are good. Don't, don't let me knock them. Beta carotene, great, but but there's something more important here, and, and the fact that you're hung up on carrots, there there's something else we probably need to talk about before we get back to the whole idea of of dieting and nutrition. Yeah, absolutely. I, I it, 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 that if they're hung up on that, that's not really that might be the hang up, but but there's something else that's making them to get hung up there, and that's what I'd want to talk and find out what's going on. Yeah. Does that, that makes sense? For sure. And from a presuppositional perspective, certainly if they're denying inspiration, there's, there's any number of foundations they have built into their reasoning that need to be addressed before they're going to even come close to accepting that idea. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't think you get, too, well, you, you actually, I'll, I'll put it this way. I was going to say, I don't think you get too many people who say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I just don't believe in this. You, you do get that. Oh, yeah. That's generally a way you decay from within the church rather than an unbeliever who's looking at things objectively. So oh, I could buy all this except for that. Mm-hmm. Inspirations, when, 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 when I come across discussions of, of people who have a problem with inspiration, that's more of a, a decay, a way in which Satan attacks those in the church to try to pull them out rather than those who are outside of the church looking in at the church. Or it's something... Does, does that make sense? Yeah. If, if anything, if it is coming from outside, it's just a point of ridicule where it's, it's a let's make fun of Christian's amateur hour as opposed to a serious conversation. It, it's meant to be a matter of I'm going to use this to poke at you because this will be a way to make you think your faith is silly rather than let's actually look and discuss this. Right. It, it, it's, 
more. So yeah, it, that's an area more where we're attacked rather than this is an area we need to make the good defense. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, actually, no, 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 that didn't quite work as well. Ah, bad, bad. <laughs> Your meaning is understood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Get the point. So. So All with, right. with uh, two minutes, one and a half, two minutes left, any final, I mean, we could address the final bit of this uh, Actually, Actually, section. as this is appropriate, mm-hmm. read verse oh, wow. 16. Good right. timing. Nice. Okay. 16. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. Again, this is one of the points of, of John's gospel, and he brings this up over and over again, and all the gospels do. This isn't stuff that we were on top of the ball. We're not heroic. We're not, we're not the Uber mention where I have figured out how to do all this wonderful stuff, and you can too. No, it's, we didn't get it. We were clueless, but this is something that God revealed. When God's glory was revealed, then the dots fell into place. Not for us, not, not for Jesus, but for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, again, in, in John 6 with the, the feeding. Uh, he asked Philip a question, not because he didn't know what to do. He already knew what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, this is the process by which we come to see, by which his glory is revealed to us. Agreed. Because you know what? Jesus saves. Woo! Done is that done. it? That's Are it. we out? We're done. Wow. Okay. Hey, great to hear, hear you guys. <laughs> great to see you guys again to talk to you and have a great week in Christ. Take care. Too many Star Wars toys you can buy with a pound of nard? <laughs> <laughs>